Con Survival Guide. Each week, we give you the tips and hacks you need to get the most out of your con. Save money at cons to spend more at cons. Now here's your hosts, Gary and Taylor. Hey guys, Gary here with a quick production note. We normally put out our main episodes on Saturday and have a classic games or bonus episode out on Mondays. For this week only, we're going to flip that and give you this week's classic on Saturday and the regular Dragon Con Survival Guide episode on Monday or Tuesday. If you're looking forward to hearing more about 2023's con and how we're beating the post-con depression, or if you just prefer the main episodes, it'll be out in a few days. Otherwise, enjoy this week's classic. Take it away, Gary and Taylor. And welcome to another Dragon Con Survival Guide classic. I'm Gary, and here's your other host, Taylor. Hello, friends. Hey. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. <laughs> Good. I'm excited for another classic DragonCon one. I heard there were some issues with sound with this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, You might recall, this episode is kind of a weird one. It's a little short. It's less than 20 minutes, I think, which is like the shortest one we put out at all. Somehow, I lost your audio in the recording, or my audio, sorry. I have your audio. I lost mine. So I went back and decided... The best solution was to just record what I thought I said and insert it in between what you said, but it took so long (laughs) to do 20 minutes of it that I just decided to cut off the podcast early. Enjoy this little uh, short COVID time capsule. We talk about how DragonCon said they would roll over tickets into 2021 if the show got canceled or postponed, and uh, we have more musings over the potential virtual DragonCon in 2020. Ooh. Who knows what that might be like? I bet there's chicken sounds, too. (laughs) Totally. Chicken sounds and dancing T-Rexes, for some reason. So enjoy that episode, guys. Welcome to DragonCon Survival Guide. Each week, we give you the tips and hacks you need to get the most out of your con. Save money at cons to spend more at cons. Now here's your hosts, Gary and Taylor. Welcome to DragonCon Survival Guide, episode 19. I'm Gary, and here with me, as always, is my main man, Taylor. So, uh, let's just get started with a bit of DragonCon news. So, T-Dog, didn't you say you heard at some point that they were going to put a hold on racing ticket prices for 2020 Dragon Con to try to entice more people to come? Um, I heard that at one point, but I think that was a rumor that I saw on um, Reddit, maybe? Well, as we've already discussed, that didn't happen. But they did announce on June 24th something we'd been waiting to hear. They're going to allow folks to roll over their tickets for 2020 into 2021, regardless whether the show happens or not. I gotta say, with all this stuff and COVID and all the crazy times we're in, I think they've handled it very classily. Yeah, I think they really have. Um, There's a lot of behind-the-scenes planning that I've seen pop out in some of the stuff that they've said. Uh, Even with being able to roll over your membership to the next year, if you're uncomfortable going this year, they've actually talked to a lot of the hotels already, and I know, at least with the Marriott, our favorite hotel, if you decide not to go this year... um, you will not lose your deposit. They'll just transfer it to a deposit for your next year, and they'll hold the room for that next year. So a lot of the people that already put money into it won't lose that. They can 
push it to the next year. Some of the hotels, I believe, are doing refunds on the deposits, but it, it varies hotel, hotel to hotel. And the DragonCon website has information on all of those. As part of this whole announcement, they made a website, www.dragoncon.org update, with all the latest updates on DragonCon 2020 and COVID-19, and a link to roll over your ticket for next year. Uh, could you read that blurb they put out there, dude? Absolutely. It says, we would like to first thank our fans for your patience and understanding as we continue to work through the impact COVID-19 will have on DragonCon 2020. We're moving forward to keep the 2020 DragonCon event on schedule, but are proceeding with a great deal of caution. Once again, we want to reiterate that we are closely monitoring the situation with COVID-19 and the impact it may have on our event. We're keeping in touch with the experts on a regular basis and working with our venue partners to make sure that everything and everyone stays safe, happy, and healthy. Rest assured, if at any time we feel that this cannot be accomplished, we will do what is needed to protect our community. We committed to bringing you updates as we have them. We have been fielding frequently asked questions to assist you with getting your concerns addressed as quickly as possible. We can feel your anxiety around the state of things and share in the same feelings, so we wanted to at least give you some news while we continue working towards an informed decision that will be to you, our fans, within two weeks. Page will serve as headquarters for all changes in communications related to the 2020 show. So yeah, it's amazing. They're on top of stuff. They've kept us updated. A lot of just businesses or other things in general during this crisis haven't quite been as good with the news or they'll only tell you things when they know it or they'll hold off on telling you things because they don't want to keep you from continuing to give them money versus DragonCon, which already has backup plans. They've already have black backup plans with the hotels, everything like that. So like I'm I'm very proud with their response. So they say that even if it happens, twenty twenty is gonna be a much different, smaller Dragon Con, which we've basically speculated ourselves. I saw the people who run the arcade, um, they posted, I believe on Facebook or Twitter, that the arcade won't be happening this year, even if the show does, due to difficulties in attaining and transporting the games and uh, you know, dealing with the companies that own them, which makes sense. I imagine with stuff like this already popping up, even though they're tentatively planning a Dragon Con 2020, they must have some sort of backup plan, right? Even if it's just some sort of virtual Dragon Con or something to recoup costs, right? They gotta be working on something. I imagine so. Um, obviously, they, they're a nonprofit, but they still have bills, salaries, all these other things to pay that usually they take care of with all the fees from Dragon Con. So I'm going to be interested to see, you know, how they recoup that and also how they keep their fans, you know, pleased and wanting to come back the following year. I know that uh, we got Dragon Con TV before. That's something we've mentioned before. So maybe they'll do something like that. Maybe they'll try a virtual con. I'm really interested to see where they go because from where I'm standing, it seems like they are preparing for anything. What do you think the plan would be then? I mean, a full virtual con, or what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm not really sure. At this point, I, I think it, they'd probably go for Dragon Con TV and maybe some of the other things that some of the other cons that have been pushed back or even canceled they're going for. And um, I guess we won't really know until they tell us, but um, I'm sure that they have contingency plan. Okay, so we both agree it'll most likely be an enhanced Dragon Con TV? Um. Yeah, I think it would it would definitely tie into Dragon Con TV. I think there'd be maybe maybe the same price. I think it was like ten bucks a year or slightly more than that. And I think Do you think maybe they'll add more stuff than normal? Some live panels or something and extra skits and whatever and jack up the price a bit to make back some of their losses? 
call it like a virtual DragonCon TV premium plus edition or something? Uh, I think they might get pushback if they end up jacking the price up a bit. But, uh, you know, it remains to be seen. Well, they probably have to add some stuff to the regular DragonCon TV, especially since they won't have the panels that they normally stream, you know, from the con that year to fill it up with. Yes, definitely. I think they'll have something. Um, definitely they might have panels from home or no, I'm really not sure. Do you think they might do panels or a one-on-one meet and greet type of thing? Like we're seeing some of these other virtual cons do really. I think the, like the one-on-one type of things that they talk about, that's more really beneficial to the people that would normally attend the con that would make money off of, um, you know, signing autographs, things like that. I think if, they plan to be more effective and get more viewership and things like that it would have to be larger scale things or, you know, like a Reddit AMA type of thing, except for maybe with video or any types of things like that versus like the small intimate things. Because DragonCon is so big, you'd be alienating people like me who don't want to pay additional fees to see or Zoom with, you know, someone famous. But what if it was our boy Kevin Sorbo? All right, Kevin Sober, I'd pay for it, but no one else. <laughs> Disappointed! Disappointed! So, if they do a few panels, it probably makes the most sense to get a few bigger groups together, right? Like, the mainstays, the DragonCon regular kind of big groups, the Battlestar Galactica cast, uh, Star Trek Next Generation cast, maybe, you know, a big group of Arrowverse people. Yeah, like... The guys from Battlestar Galactica or Eureka or any of those shows that have like an ensemble cast. If they could do something like that with them, it would definitely help. And, you know, that would it'd be a big draw. Luckily, being DragonCon, they already have a lot of big casts that go regularly and a lot of attendees that are yearly regulars or, you know, regularly occur at DragonCon. So I imagine they'd probably already be reaching out to some of those guys. Some of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And... They've got to be thinking that right now if they're if they're already planning for all these contingencies and they have the benefit of their con not being until the end of September. So they have time to plan for this. Is it just me or even though Dragon Con and their team continues to claim that they're going to have a show this year or that they're making all efforts to make it happen? It seems like they're getting less hopeful as time goes on, even though they're pretty positive in their messages. No, you're 100% right. They are getting less and less hopeful as time wears on. And they should be. They said they'll have a definitive answer on 2020 by the end of July, but the way things are spiking already again, it's not looking so great for this year. Yeah, I agree, unfortunately. Um, I have a friend in San Antonio, or rather Melissa, my fiance does, who got a text message alert that... People needed to stay inside their homes only for emergencies and wear their masks at all times whenever outside of their home because there was such a spike there. And I mean, even in Hawaii, where we're still being relatively smart about everything and there's a two-week quarantine for anyone who flies into the island, it's still starting to spike again. So a second wave is definitely a huge possibility. Um, And I think by September... It, it might be worse. Um, hopefully, if everyone kind of stops their reopening plans in, in place and maybe does some small rollbacks, we can kind of stem the tide again. But 
as of now, it's only a couple months away. So I'm really not super hopeful for it, fortunately. Yeah, man. Atlanta's a big hub city. You know, it's an airport city. It's a holiday weekend. Plus, whatever people would be there for Dragon Con if it happens. I I can't imagine I'd feel very comfortable in that crowd. Yeah, Atlanta's a major city. And, like, I get... I still feel uncomfortable going in, like, Walmart or grocery stores here. And, I mean, luckily, everyone's enforcing the mask rules here. So, typically, you know, even if you go in a grocery store, everyone's wearing a mask. But just being on a plane and being in close quarters with people and then Dragon Con where people just get con cred every year anyways. It, it's very it's starting to turn me off a little. You work in the service industry too, man. I'm seeing a lot of people here being reckless with the masks and the distancing. How is it done by you? Yeah, there's a lot of people here that like yell about their constitutional freedoms, which great you know sure but it's it's wearing a mask guys it's not wearing a star on your uniform or any sort of other terrible horrible like violations of civil liberty and also masks protect other people more than they protect you so it's like it's like when you go to the grocery store i heard a a psychological thing on this once when you're returning your cart you can either like put your cart just in the middle of nowhere. You can leave it in the, uh, you can leave it in the parking lot. You can like put it up on the grass, or you can be a good person and put your shopping cart away in like the shopping cart receptacle thingy, majigs. You know, like the chained up things at Walmart. And it's really telling of what kind of person you are if you, you know, take the extra ten seconds to put your shopping cart for, away versus just leaving it in a spot versus, you know, leaving it up on a curb, and it's kind of like that with masks. Like, I don't mind. Like, even if, you know, it was just me by myself and I had no one else to worry about, I wouldn't care. It's a mask. Big deal. But then there's people that are like, oh, you know, I only want to wear it when I'm going into a place that I'm forced into. Okay, cool. You know, whatever. And then there's people that, like, we have all these videos circulating around Hawaii of people, like, screaming at, like, people at the front doors that are like, you need to go get a mask. And like... You know, this is violating this, blah, 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 blah. I don't have to wear a mask, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it's just, uh, there's still a lot of pushback against it. And, you know, I understand in some ways where they're coming from. But at the end of the day, it's a mask. Like, we all have to wear them. It doesn't matter anything about anything deeper than just wearing them. And yet, it's, I don't know, it's a whole big thing to get into. That is beyond the scope of our podcast, but you know, I I hear the gamut of it. Yes, all the time. Um, luckily, we have these things painted on like the floor of everywhere here. It's like a state mandate, I think. It's like this is how much distance you need to keep between people. And I've had to like turn around and be like, please back up a little, because people will like bump into you, and it's just like, good god. So yeah, they'll wear a mask and then. You know, or the wear a mask that doesn't cover their nose, which is the worst one. (laughs) Wearing masks that don't fit, pulling them down to try to talk to you, uh, getting too close to try to talk to you, or just barging in, getting whatever you want. Uh, Even, like, we have the announcements over the loudspeakers, like I told you about, that tell you to, like, follow certain directions down the aisles and stuff like that. People don't pay attention to it, almost all of them. It's kind of crazy. 
Yeah, we have that here, and no one follows it, and or tells you about it. I was at Walmart with my fiance, and some guy was like being a complete douche when we like got out of his way. He's like, and he was like kept pointing at us and pointing and pointing. I'm like, dude, what are you pointing at? And he's like, going the wrong way. And I looked around and like everyone was going the wrong way in the aisle, and I was just like, great. So, <laughs> you know. I don't mind like following those signs. I just had no idea they existed until someone was like a complete douchebag to me. So Yeah, I get that. I see customers like being rude to each other for not following the directions in the hallway in the hallways, in the aisles and everything like that. Um and to their credit, a lot of the folks that I see disregarding the rules or making mistakes are the older folks that are gonna struggle with picking up new things. But you know, we gotta all learn and adapt and change with this thing, or nothing's gonna change. Uh, yeah, I mean, you probably experienced this in Florida, too. We get a lot of rich retirees. You know, actually, I don't think I've asked you this before. Obviously, you came from Florida, and you know the elderly population we have down here, that they just kind of come in mass to retire down here. Do you see as big of an elderly population by you in Hawaii? Not quite as common. Um, We are doing this cool thing in most stores uh, on Maui called, um, I think it's Kakuna Hour. Basically, um, the first hour that every shop is open is reserved for people like 16 over who are higher risk and mothers and things like that. So um, like the gas station near where I work from 6 to 630 is only for high risk people so that it's safer for them to go out. I don't think I ever actually mentioned, but uh, we kind of did that down here for a while with uh, the supermarket chain that I work for. Basically... The first hour of every day was, I guess, our version of Kakuna Hour, where they would be open just for elderly citizens and people at risk to come in and shop. And then the last hour of a couple days a week, at least, I forget how how often it was, but the last hour would be then for first responders and people that are more at risk on the medical side of things. And to be honest, barely anybody came in for that first hour or that last hour. And maybe part of it was because... It was outside of the main store hours that everybody could go, so they just kind of didn't get it. I don't really know, but that didn't last very long. So, a little editor's note here, guys. Unfortunately, we had a little mishap with our recording software, and you might have noticed it sounded a little janky here and there. (laughs) Basically, I only got Taylor's version of the audio, so I filled it in with basically what I said. I re-recorded it just now, but it became a bit messy when we got out of the main discussion outside of Dragon Con, we did a little bit of our nerdy update, and uh, we talked about some products coming out, like a fully animatronic Deadpool head with 600 words and phrases, and uh, Bill and Ted 3 coming out. Taylor and I actually watched the trailer together, and he gave comments on that because he hadn't seen it yet. But unfortunately, like I said, it was a little too hard to kind of cut in. So we're going to wrap this one up here, and... Be back next week for more fun and shenanigans in our typical style. Maybe even get a couple of our buddies back and uh, more fun stuff to come. But anyways, thanks guys for listening. And as always, Taylor. Dope. That was fun. Thanks, Gary. And that's a wrap for this week. Find us on Facebook or Instagram at DragonCon Survival Guide or on Twitter at Crunked Up Review or email us at DCSGPodcast at gmail.com to reach out with any questions or comments. Outro is Beautiful End by friend of the show, Jacob Spangler, which can be purchased on iTunes. Thanks for listening. When we lay down the start of
This has been a Top Wop Studios production. <laughs>